Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic Green Medicine with your host, Susan Weed. I'm Daniel Michael, the founder and co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network. We've been discussing cedar and juniper in sort of a multi-part series about juniper, then it sort of faded into uh, cedar as well as going into magical qualities and healing qualities. We'll be back in a minute. Join us. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. before this is green magic green medicine with your host susan weed and on some of these episodes discussing juniper and then fading into cedar we discuss some magical properties as well one that comes with cedar at least the white cedar here in north america there's a cherokee legend of all the spirits of past descendants had been put into a cedar tree. They had asked for all daylight, and the Great Spirit gave it to them. Asked for all night, Great Spirit gave it to them. It didn't work out because you need both. You need the balance in the weather and in the universe. So, at the end of this Cherokee legend, the Great Spirit decided he was sad that his people that that he had created were had perished. So he put all of their souls into a great white cedar tree. So that's one legend surrounding cedar. We'll be back in just a moment. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are we in the light of the day. As we Archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And we are back 
Hello, everyone. My name is Daniel Michael, founder and co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, and I see Susan is in queue, so I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. That was a great story about putting people in the ship made from white cedar. Yeah, the, yeah, the cedar tree. Um, the legend, or at least one I had uh, read about, was that the people, I, I think it was a lesson in balance, you know, the people said, well, can it be sunlight all the time? And so the great creator said, okay, and then they all starved and died because you need night. And he said, well, how about if we make it night all the time? And then, you know, so similar result, can't be that either. So, but then after feeling bad that this, these people that he had created had, had perished, he decided to keep their spirits and put them into a great new tree, the white cedar. Oh, so it wasn't actually people. It was the spirits of the people, the original creation. The spirits of the original creation are in the white cedar. And that's what we were talking about last week, that that incredible ancient healing spirit of the cedar. Mm-hmm. Yes. What amazing story to talk about that, to talk about the, the that, that sense. And, and it's actually not that unusual to have several creation myths. As a matter of fact, even in the Western uh, Christian tradition, Genesis has two different creation myths, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. This is the first creation myth where Yahweh create, you know, separates heaven from earth and night from day and, and creates all that is and then rests on the seventh day. And then there's this you know, younger God who comes along and makes you know, the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and does that whole creation thing. Right. It's almost like you have the, the primordial deity, just like you do in other religions. You have this original, then you have sort of the slightly more anthropomorphic, the, I guess like you said, a slightly lesser, more earthy, human-like God, for lack of a better word, uh, going, okay, We'll create, you know, Adam and Eve, and man in our image, and all this kind of stuff. This descending into matter. A lot of them had things to do with descending from something high into matter, into a physical being. Right, and what the, what that creative spirit used to get that matter and to to fuse the matter and the spirit together, and and this is the thread of what we're talking about with cedar and juniper that the cedar and the juniper are big medicine because they have such intense physical actions in the body, but more than that, because they carry something very ancient that resonates with something very ancient in us and helps us to get more in tune with ourselves. So there we are in that, with the spirits in the cedar tree. Have you had a chance to go and sit by a cedar tree recently? Um, no, I've been, I started a new job, and I've been incredibly busy with it, to be honest. <laughs> As I told you before, I've left the, the whole... You did, uh, you said you were leaving the health food store and going on to something different and better for you. At least economically better for me. <laughs> well, that's I'm usually a lot better for all of us if it's economically better. It is. Cause it, it is. It is. 
It's good to so, use my... Yeah. No, go ahead. I was just saying, no, it's good to use my training again. You know, I'm an electrician, and in a way it feels kind of good. Sometimes it's, you just enjoy just being physical, and now that I'm healed especially, you know, my injuries are healed. So, you know, you just go out there, you grunt it out for eight hours, and you sweat like crazy, and you just it's done by 3 o'clock, and you go home and... I'm not really answering all those crazy questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, before I start the blog talk show, I always say, okay, I'm going to go solve all the problems of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and it can certainly feel like that after a day in a health food store, can't it? And I enjoyed helping people, don't get me wrong, but it could, definitely can. For When you're there for 11 hours or something, like my two shifts were just about that um, on Friday and Saturdays, and I'll admit, sometimes it was, there were times I just wanted to run out of there. <laughs> but I, it, all in all, it was good. It was a great experience. I loved everybody there. I loved everybody that worked there. Met some awesome people. Met some friends I'll probably have for life. You know, so it was all around the positive thing. But we all know each job has its own little stresses, and, and there's definitely something funny about answering all those crazy questions at, at a place like that. And right, and how incredibly intimate people will be with you. Walk right up to you, don't know you at all, and start, you know, revealing quite intimate things about their bodies and the functions of their bodies. <laughs> it's true, and they're asking a ten-dollar an hour employee versus their hundred and something thousand-dollar a year doctor or more. <laughs> and it's just it's right. a funny because dynamic. they trust yeah. you. Because right. they trust. And that, and that, in fact, is is part of the the pressure of the job is that people really do trust you. You to do the best for them that you possibly can, and often people come when they just you know are at the end of their rope. And yes. isn't it wonderful to be able to tell them to drink nettle infusion? Right. <laughs> right. You don't know the answer. Just tell them to drink nettle infusion. It will help everybody. The, one of the reasons I ask if you'd had a chance to sit under a cedar or a juniper tree is because I wanted to remind everybody that cedar trees and juniper trees grow everywhere. Everywhere you are. And so they've been used everywhere. You know, Even I when we're down under in a tree today. I don't know what kind of tree it was. So I take it back. Maybe I accidentally did. <laughs> Maybe you did indeed stop under. They're evergreen trees. And they grow in a variety of shapes. And so they're often used for ornamental plantings. Yeah, it was in a residential neighborhood. And I just sat down. It was a little cooler today. I sat down in the shade and ate my lunch. <laughs> Well, I let us imagine that you were sitting under a beautiful cedar or juniper tree. We've been talking about the berries, and those are certainly a, a real giveaway. They are, they're not just trees, they're also shrubs. But those berries, which start out green and then gradually turn to light blue and then get darker and darker until they're almost a purple blue, although sometimes they even at purple blue they'll still have a whitish bloom on them. And uh, the little, they're not, <clears throat> excuse me, needles like pine needles, but needles more like what a redwood has. <clears throat> Those are very nice uh, kind of needles. So uh, last week we said that this week we would talk about how people all over the world 
have used cedar, cedar and juniper. And there are five different species of juniper that are used in India. Juniper communis, which is the common juniper, which does grow all over the world, is the most commonly used. And it also says that the juniper is so popular that if you don't know the botanical name, you're going to be hard-pressed to know what plants are talking about because there's lots and lots of names for juniper in India. But the Sanskrit name is Hapusha. And that usually refers to the berries. In Ayurvedic medicine, juniper berries are aromatic and carminative, stimulant and amenagogue, digestive, stomachic, a strong antibacterial, and diuretic. Ayurvedic physicians would think about or recommend using juniper berry if there's scanty urine for chronic Bright's disease, for dropsy associated with liver failure, coughs and pulmonary pulmonary diseases, for all kinds of fevers, for gonorrhea and other infections, for leukorrhea, for catarrh, arthritis, lack of menses, tuberculosis, diabetes, and to improve digestion and appetite. In China, there are 23 species of juniper that are used, and these are primary species, and there are numerous subspecies within those 23 primary species that are used. And so, again, we have been making the point throughout that virtually any juniper and any cedar can be used in the same way. So if we say juniper communist and you say, oh, well, I have juniper something else, in 99% of the cases, that juniper, that cedar, is going to be used exactly the same as what we're talking about. And we can see this in India where they use five different species in here in China where they're using upwards of two dozen species. Juniper species are designated by a phrase that ends in by, like chuzat by, or by may yun by. And while they are certainly used in Chinese medicine, Stephen says none of my sources could tell me very much about how they were actually used. Um, one rare book says used like thuya. See listing for thuya, but the book stops at the letter N, and of course she hasn't been able to find volume two with thuya in it anywhere. Irritating. And wouldn't you know it, he says, none of my other Chinese herbals list thuya either. Increasingly irritating. However, the tiny amount that I could find lists juniper as traditionally used for treating bleeding from coughs, for colds, for stopping hemorrhage as a general tonic, for stopping convulsions, to make the blood better, for countering hepatitis, and for inducing sweating. I found it used in the treatment of chronic obstructive 
pulmonary disease, COPD, in situations where there is phlegm overproduction and congestion, blood stasis, and spleen deficiency. And if you don't know what those things are, that's because you are not a Chinese herbalist, but Chinese herbalists do know what those things are. And then he comes to the end of our looking at how it's used worldwide by looking at how both indigenous cultures in the Americas used it and the eclectic physicians. Junipers and cedars were extensively used by the indigenous cultures all through the Americas for the exact same conditions as herbalists in China and India were using it. In addition, indigenous cultures used juniper and cedar against diarrhea, colds, flus, ulcers, throat infections, vaginal infections, as a tonic after childbirth, as a wash for skin infections, as a way to get rid of worms, but most generally as a disinfectant for preventing disease and for making rooms disease-proof after someone had been sick in them. The eclectic physicians in the United States used juniper berries as one of their most potent diuretics. And I am so glad that I have been reading this because I have myself perpetuated the, it turns out, uh, misbelief that juniper berries are hard on the kidneys. And in reading what Stephen Herod Booner in Herbal Antibiotics has to say about juniper, he poo-poos that idea and says, look at how many people have actually used it to improve kidney function. Potent diuretic for dropsy, again, this problems with the liver, and as a specific for all infected mucus discharges, especially those in the urinary system, such as the urethra, for um, all kinds of problems in the kidneys as well. Juniper berries were also used for leucorrhea, gleat, gonorrhea, skin infections, eczema, psoriasis, and even skin parasites. And juniper berries are used virtually the same in Europe and is still official in German medical practice. So why don't we go find out about that since I have copy of the big book of German medical herbs, and let's see what that will tell us. Oh, it's a heavy book. I can hardly pick it up with one hand. It's called Herbal Drugs and Phytopharmaceuticals, and it is basically really scientific. Information is called a handbook for practice on a scientific basis, and it is written by Max Wichtel, W-I-C-H-T-L, and edited by Norman Granger, Bisset, Bisset, B-I-S-S-E-T. All right, now let's see. Um, well, he couldn't find. Thuya in his book. What do you think? Think there's going to be Thuya in here? H Y Tilia. No, Tilia, but no Thuja. And then let's go look under Juniper. 
because, of course, a book like this would be in alphabetical order by botanical name, right? And it is Juniper, German. here we go. Okay. Uh, ju- juniper fructus. Juniper berry. And it is grown in great many countries. And indications, diuretic and urinary antiseptic, although that is disputed, see below. Only water diuresis takes place. The loss of sodium and other minerals is very slight. This is due to be considered. This is considered to be due particularly to the content of terpinin 4-O-L, which in contrast to other terpenes does not irritate tissues. There we go again. It doesn't irritate the tissues. We're so used to thinking of those terpenes as being irritating to the mucous surfaces. But in juniper berries, we have exactly the opposite. I'm going to start eating more juniper berries from my juniper tree. It is certain, however, that other terpenes, especially pinene, are involved in diuresis since the irritant action of these substances on the kidneys is evident. The u- that the use of juniper berries is a diuretic is much disputed because the diuretic effect brought about by irritation, which under certain circumstances may be toxic of the kidneys. So I'm not really clear what this is saying. It's rather confusing to me, and I do apologize for not pre-reading it so that I could perhaps understand so first, I believe that it said t- t- that um, juniper berries are a diuretic, and certainly we've heard that from many other traditions here, and that there's a particular oil which does not irritate the tissues. However, they don't say it doesn't. They say it's said not to irritate the tissues. And they also say that they do know for certain that mineral loss is very slight. So it's perhaps a matter of question as to whether or not it actually irritates the tissues. And I think that that's one of the things that we're finding is that certainly there's a lot of belief that it does, but there's not much evidence that it does. In folk medicine, juniper berries are used as a stomachic, carminative, and an aromatic and all dyspeptic complaints. In veterinary medicine, juniper berries are also used as a diuretic to stimulate feeding and as a component of crop powders. Probably the largest amounts of the drug, and I'm saying juniper berries, but this book does call the herb the drug throughout. Large amounts of the drug, are, largest amounts of the drug are used as a spice in the manufacture of gin and other liqueurs. And of course, uh, it's just wonderful in sauerkraut. Side effects. Prolonged use and with overdoses will cause a urine smelling of violets. This may cause renal irritation, gastrointestinal upset, and symptoms of central stimulation. Owing to cellular stimulation and irritation possibilities, juniper berries are contraindicated in inflammatory kidney disorders and during pregnancy for fear that labor may be initiated. 
Boiling water is poured over two grams of the freshly crushed berries, allowed to steep for ten minutes, and then strained. And a teaspoonful is three grams, so that's just under a teaspoonful. Warning, warning, do not use in nephritis. Do not use for prolonged time. Watch out for side effects. Juniper berry extracts are present in some urological instant teas, and they give the specific patent names of them. Drugs and extracts prepared from juniper berries are in diuretic remedies, often combined with other diuretic herbs like birch leaves, horsetail, parsley, rest harrow. And there are also, of course, preparations of juniper berry, which are obtained by steam distillation. The German Commission E monograph says juniper may be used for dyspeptic complaints, but should not be used during pregnancy or inflammation of the kidneys, prolonged use, overdose, and that kidney damage may result. There are no interactions with drugs known. And Unless otherwise prescribed, two grams of the dried fruit in a cup of boiling water sipped throughout the day. (coughs) Also, alcoholic extract, uh, we would call it a tincture of juniper berry. Note, combining juniper berry with other herbs that help the bladder and kidneys seems to be helpful. In animal experiments, an increase in urinary output has been demonstrated, as well as a direct action on the contraction of smooth muscle. It is recommended to keep supplies of dried juniper berries for herbal teas over a desiccant in a well-closed container made of anything except plastic. And they should also be protected from the light. So a metal tin with a desiccant. Now, a desiccant is when you buy a lot of things these days. There's little white packages, tiny little white packages. And they say, do not eat. That's a desiccant. And so just start saving them. And keep them right in the package. Don't tear them open. And you can put that in with your herbs, and it will keep your herbs drier because the desiccant absorbs moisture. And someone told me that you can then take these little desiccant things, like if you think they're feeling damp or that the herb is starting to get damp, and that you can put them in a very slow oven for five or ten minutes and dry them out. Let them cool and then put them back in with your herb. You live in humid climates. It's a really nice thing to do. The very high loss of the effective constituents after juniper berries are broken is why we always want to store and use whole juniper berries right up until the time that we're actually going to make that tea of it or make that tincture of it. And then it is recommended that both the fresh and the dried berries be crushed or ground up before they are made into tea or tincture. That, again, releases the greater amount of those volatile oils that have such amazing effects in our bodies. 
Well, I was worried that we wouldn't have enough juniper and cedar information to fill out our entire half-hour show this evening. But we, but we certainly had enough. We did, we did. And so I thought, well, if I don't you know, have enough, then I'll just go on to Rishi, which is another one of those herbs that Stephen Herod Booner has included in herbal antibiotics under the first line of defense, strengthening the immune system. We have, from this section, already looked at some of my very favorites. We've looked at astragalus. We've looked at bone set. Um, not in this little series, but otherwise on the show, we have talked about echinacea. And now we're going to talk about reishi. And after that, a plant that I um, was taught was Siberian ginseng. And there's been kind of a change of heart there since it's not ginseng and it doesn't come from Siberia. We've all been asked not to call it Siberian ginseng anymore, but to call it by its botanical name, which is a good suggestion, which is Eleuthero. So next week we'll jump back in with Rishi and we'll see probably a week or two on Rishi and then on to no longer Siberian ginseng, but Eleutherococcus. Centicocious, a quite amazing plant. All of these immune-loving, immune-nourishing plants are so wonderful, and they're so easy to bring into our lives so that we can feel optimally nourished and optimally healthy for as many days as we want to stay out and play. Thanks so much for giving me this space and this time and this opportunity to share green blessings with everyone here on the Main Street Universe. And thank you so much, Susan. And one thing I'll say is that some of the mushroom stuff was some of our most successful suggestions at the store where people would come back and say, oh, whether it was you know chaga or reishi or whatever, people would come back and say, oh, that, that really worked. Thank you. So we definitely had heard some positive results from uh, using uh, the mushrooms. Good. I look forward to hearing more of those experiences when we talk next. All right. Okay. Green blessings, everybody. Remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine of the people, by the people, and for the people. Good night. Gross. Green blessings. It grows right outside your backyard. <laughs> it grows Thank right you. outside in your backyard. Thank you again, Susan, and we'll be back next week at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Tuesday for this half-hour herbal medicine class with Susan Weed. Join us in our circle. Thank you very much. I'm Daniel Michael. Have a great evening. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn, blessed are we in the morning, blessed are we in the light of the day, as we enjoy the afternoon, blessed are we
Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.